This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. You got about, you almost really got after, after hours. We were talking right up. Yeah, we were talking right up and I looked at the clock like, oh, we're going back on and we got to get going. It's after, after hours. It is after, after hours. We've been here a little while Getting scary. (laughs) Yeah, we're getting giddy. So, you know. Anyway, uh, welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. We're going to continue talking about who's got your back. And one of the things I want to kind of clear up is... I don't want to give the impression that we don't trust anyone other than God ever. That's not what I'm saying. I, I do believe that there are people out there that have good intentions and good hearts, and they're trying to give us good information, especially in the whole coronavirus situation. It's just hard to know who to trust and who to turn to. And so what we are saying is the one place you can't always turn that you know who has your back is to God. Right? When there's a lot of uncertainty elsewhere, there's not uncertainty there. Now, the world will try to tell you there's uncertainty there, right? You'll get things like, where's God in the midst of this? You know, why is God letting this happen? Which are all questions we could try to attempt to answer, but at the end of the day, God is here with us in the midst of it, right? We're in a fallen world with consequences. At the end of the day, that's where we're at, and this is just something that comes out of a broken world. Should we, during this segment, share real live human beings that we have trusted and have not betrayed us? That's totally up to you. You got one? I do, but let's do a clip first. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rodney, we'll, 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 uh, we're going to, the clips this, this segment uh, in the after hours is going to be from the Outlaw Josie Wales. Yeah. All right. And if you haven't seen that movie, it's a great movie. Go watch it. It's, it's one of Clint Eastwood's best movies. That he did back in the old spaghetti western days. And most of them were shot in Italy, is that what you said? Yeah, that's how they got the spaghetti. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I kind of figured that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, anyway, it's uh, this is one of the better ones. And uh, it's it's about a uh, uh, Confederate soldier after the war, if I remember right. Yep. Right, and you can tell the rest of it, Rodney, because you just watched it. Well, that's what's it. I really... Getting back to the clips makes me want to watch the whole thing again. But boy, every time you watch the clips, how you just—it's such a classic that everybody starts saying all the scenes and quoting the words. And we were doing it all as you know when we we're coming over this, except for you, Sam. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen <laughs> this. Is, this is the one. I know you're not into this one nearly as much though, because yeah. normally you're you're right there with especially the the quick quotes and everything. But well, we are. Thanks. Yeah, you're always, you're always, you're the, you're so quick with stuff. You always scare me. It's like, how the heck do you think of this stuff so fast? But in this scene, it precedes the scene that we just did in the uh, show, where he comes into town to get supplies, and he runs into the snake oil salesman who saw him earlier and re- recognizes, oh, this is Josie Wales. And there's four Union soldiers that just walk right out of the bar, turn around, they're just, you know basically you know what they're doing in their pants at that time because they're scared they don't know what to do and you go through this clip then he and the indian chief that he's with take off they they're now separate from the indian uh, woman who ends up tracking them down and it's just really interesting to get, you get that scene of the fight 
where he gets recognized, and then you get the scene that's a little bit afterwards where they actually talk about it, because then the Indian chief's like, well, how did you see this going down? And you get to hear where his thought was as far as, does somebody have his back? Oh, my God. It's Josie Wales. Are you going to pull those pistols or whistle Dixie? I guess we ain't going to see that little Navajo girl again. I guess not. I kind of liked her. But it's always like that. Like what? Whenever I get to liking someone, they ain't around long. I notice when you get to disliking someone, they ain't around for long, either. <laughs> How did you know which one was going to shoot first? Well, I wanted to send her. He had a flap holster, and he was in no hitch in hurry. And the one second from the left, he had scared eyes. He wasn't going to do nothing. But that one on the far left, he had crazy eyes. Figured him to make the first move. How about the one on the right? Never paid him no mind. You were there. So, so yeah, you, you knew that right there, Clint's like, hey. You got my back. I, I'm taking care of three. You got the other one. I'm going. I'm fine. Yeah, and this this whole story is a, is a story of people having each other's back. Mm-hmm. Right, and, mm-hmm. and that's how we get through life. Is God will bring people in our life to help us get through some of those things. That's right. And you know, I'm like Jim just said, think about people in your life, and then you know the you think of family members, you think of friends, and other people, and. You know, I just can't help but, you know, my mom has always had my back. She's always been there. I think of all the many things that she did for me when I'm just not deserving or I'm just, it's just an ordinary thing for me. Like, I, I can remember getting up to go to, we're going to go snowmobiling for the first time up in Wisconsin with my friends, and I was going to go with his family, and we're leaving at 4 in the morning, and I get in the truck with... um two of my buddies and we're driving down the road and they're, they're, they're just surprised I'll get out. Cause they're, they're like, Oh man, you hungry? This, that you want to stop and get something, you know? And we're talking about that. And I'm like, no, I had breakfast, breakfast. Oh yeah. My mom got up and cooked for me. I had breakfast, I had, had sausage and eggs and everything, you know, before I even left at four o'clock in the morning. And they're just like fainting. And I'm like, Oh, that's my mom. She's always there for me. Always had my back. So guys, who's some people or God, Right. When has God, through others, or God had your back and you didn't always have the eyes to see it until later on? Then you looked at it and went, wow, that person really did have my back, or God really did have my back in that situation. What immediately comes to mind to me is my father, and I guess that's how it should be. But one of the greatest things my father ever did for me was cut me off. First of all, I decided I was getting married at 18, and everyone except my wife and I thought that was a mistake, and we got the last laugh on that one. We're still together after 46 and a half years. But and my father said, well, if you are old enough to get married, you're old enough to support yourself. And so, and, and that one didn't work. He felt guilty. My mother uh, kind of guilted him into helping us out and he did some and I became more and more dependent on that 
And then he did it again. He said, okay, I'm not loaning you any more money. You're on your own. And that's when I finally became responsible. And God is like that. He's not going to let us, he's not going to, you know, give us the winning ticket to the lottery. He gives it to somebody, but not anybody that is counting on that. He gives us what we need, not what we want. And there are people in our lives like that, but they are few and far between. Andy, what about you? So with all this coronavirus going on, this kind of reminds me back in 2008, 2009, down that, that downturn. And when we were talking about the show and the idea about this whole idea about what's going on in the world right now and what we should do as a group, we typically don't take on world events but this is so big. This is a really big deal. And I feel like people are really concerned, you know, and there's a lot of people. There's been a lot of encouragement of social media about, you know, trusting in God. And there's been a lot of ministries that stood up and did it. But I feel like we have a unique perspective from the masculine journey standpoint of we've been constantly talking about depending on God as we go through our life. So you ask about the past. So 2008, 2009, I really... I was working IT, um, downturned company. I was, uh, you know, working for at the time, lost a lot of value, and it, they were doing layoffs. And I remember telling my wife, you know, I'm going to lose my job. I'm, and that's the worst thing you can do for somebody in a situation like that. But I remember her even, even believing in me through that and talking about, well, you just don't see the value of who, what you offer and stuff. And I ended up getting an, op, uh, an opportunity with another company shortly around that time and, you know, ended up getting something much better. And she saw that value in me, and so she believed in me. And, you know, it's just I think that's what we need. Um, you know, there's been other times in my life since then that where it, now God is more the one that I have that encourages me through those things, particularly through you know, what, the, the changes that I can't, had in my life and brought me to the ministry here. And this is the key that I wanted to just throw out there, is that my whole attitude and who my confidence is in now as opposed to then, this really, when this came on, I just didn't really feel like I was bankrupt of my faith or really was worrying about what was going on. Because, first of all, a lot of these things are prophesied and we know they're going to come about. But he continues to tell us to trust him, and that's what we have to do, is just really trust him. One other thing I wanted to add, too, though, is we were talking about people that have stood up and had our back. What I'm encouraged about in society today is there's been a lot of people who don't even know each other who have come together and broken down walls that we had and helping out each other and benefiting each other. And that's the way a lot of times it takes a, a, a crisis situation to bring us together a lot more than, you know, that we would normally do in a, in a time of plenty. And it is a, a different situation, Robbie. We talked a little bit before the show that this is very much an under siege kind of feel. Yeah, as I talked about in the broadcast that um, Jesus had told me that he was praying for me, that I wouldn't be afraid. A and I went and studied the passage that he sent me to, which was John 16, and there near the end he says you're going to have tribulation. And so I backed into that word into Hebrew because I love Hebrew, and it's in the Septuagint, maybe how Jesus originally referred to tribulation. And when you look at that word in the Hebrew version of it, it means under siege. 
and it means under siege in a very beautiful way from the Hebrew language of saying Jesus is making things right and holy. And it gives you this sense of, yeah, this is, this is Clint Eastwood. And, and you don't know if, I mean, you're not wondering if it's going to be, if it's going to get right. You're just, you just got the question of when, but I did have a story that I had, you know, it's not like anybody else's story, but it just always meant the world to me. And I guess if you're a coach out there, maybe this will help you be a better coach. I don't know. But I was in eighth grade, as you can imagine, they called me banana pants because I was six foot five and the only and I weighed 135 pounds, so the only pants my mother could find were bright yellow corduroys so that if you couldn't hear, hear, hear me coming with the corduroys, you could see me coming because they were bright yellow, and the only pair of pants I had in my life, and so there I was, and, and, and I had grown, and Jim, you understand this, I'd grown so tall I was totally uncoordinated, totally uncoordinated, but of course a basketball coach wanted me on the team, but I would foul constantly, not because I was trying to hit people, but because I was falling down. Because I have little bitty feet, and I can't have any balance. Yeah, it was banana splits. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I get in my, like, second or third game. You know, I was, you know, like Vinny had talked about, I played left out. You know, that's how, you know, didn't get to play much. Because I was working on my ability to walk. (laughs) And so... you know, I'm fouling, fouling. You know, and I, this is one time I'm finally getting to play, and I foul out of the game. And I'll never, ever forget, because I was just like, I was actually, I'm probably in tears. And my family had come to see me play, and I was a, just a total failure from my perspective and all this. And I come walking back to the bench. And that coach grabbed me, and he looked at me, he goes, they ripped you off. Look at your arms. Look how you've been hacked. I'll never forget how he said it. Like, look how they've been hacking you, Dillmore. You should be in that game. You were playing great. You know, and, and it was just like what he instilled in me um, at a moment that I was just like my, my whole, you know, sense of manhood was kind of on the line. And God had sent this man into my life to speak. You have what it takes at a moment when I desperately needed to hear it. And, and and so that was a coach that had my back. And you just had mine, Robbie. You healed an ancient wound of mine because I <laughs> fouled out of almost all my games. And I thought it was my fault. But it wasn't my fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault, Jim. <laughs> the wound is I not know. your fault. <laughs> so Josie Wales. We got another clip from Josie Wales. You can never have enough Josie Wales or Clint Eastwood, can you? No, so you want to tell us a little bit about this one? Yeah, this one is, we've kind of done the chronologically disorder. Ooh, we got two minutes. And, okay, so this is the one, we, I don't know if we got time to get we it in. We don't have time to get it in, no. so we're not going to play this clip from Josie Wales. <laughs> no. So if you want to go get this clip, you have to watch the movie. I was going to say, go watch the movie because it's oh. great, Jim. When I was at my first boot camp in Colorado, and everybody knows my favorite movie and it's not really the most manly movie. Princess Bride. Princess Bride, yeah. So I sat there while everybody else was saying all these manly ones, and I finally came up with my manly one. This was it. Outlaw Josie Wells, definitely my top 
five movies. So the after of hours time. we got so watch the movie. Banana Pants and <laughs> the Princess Bride. <laughs> wow, that's a little bit too much sharing for my heart. This is the masculine journey, as we talked about. Yeah, banana Split. That's great. <laughs> so in the midst of all this, guys, how do you know God's got your back? Rodney, how do you know God's got your back? Well, number one, Scripture tells us so, and you you trust in that, and you believe in it, and you just go with it, right? But beyond that, it's on your daily experiences, you know, walking to work and just going through it. You just, I just have the sense of feeling that I'm with him and he's with me. Yeah, history, guys. Yeah. History will show you God's got our back, even when we can't see it. Only sometimes looking back do we go, "Wow, God had His hand in all of that." during that time quite often when we feel like we were the most deserted is when he was with us the most absolutely andy you know his word says it but he personally tells me as well so and robbie what about you how do you know that that god's got your back yeah i'm with andy his sheep hear his voice and you know we get a chance to walk with him thanks for listening we'll see you next week go to maskandjourney.org to listen to podcasts